0: Welcome to the Doxology Podcast. I'm Lucas Stock. And I'm Jens Nelson. And this is a podcast dedicated to journeying together on the road that is the Christian faith. Join us as we discuss and investigate theology and the Christian life, striving for unity amongst our diversity as members of Christ's church. We are back again with another installment of Creeds and Confessions. We are continuing in the Augsburg Confession. We uh, brought back this uh, very, I I think, fun and interesting series last Friday and had a lot of fun doing it. We decided we'll do it again. We're not saying anything about uh, Christians of History going anywhere. We're just back in the Augsburg for a couple weeks here. So we spoke about Article 7 last week, which was of the church. We are going to skip Article 8, um, which is more about the church Feel free to read it. There's good stuff in there. But um, what we wanted to do today was talk about actually three articles that are all really short, articles 9, 10, and 11, which are the three articles that the Augsburg Confession devotes to the sacraments specifically. Three? Yes, three, not two or seven. What's that about? I don't know. We'll find out soon. But what we're going to do is just go through these one at a time. But since they're short, we wanted to do them all together so that we don't have three weeks of, like, you know, very short episodes talking about one sentence. And since they all fit together very neatly because they're all about us, each one is about a sacrament, it just made more sense to do them as one episode. So... I think that about covers it and the plan for today.
1: Um, so why don't you, Jensen, take us away and we'll start with Article 9. So this is Article 9 of baptism. It says, Of baptism, they, that is the Lutherans, teach that it is necessary to salvation, and that through baptism is offered the grace of God, and that children are to be baptized to being offered to God through baptism, are received into God's grace they condemn the anabaptists who reject the baptism of children and say that children are saved without baptism that's a it's a that's a it's a doozy what do you think lucas i love this article so <laughs> I th- much i thought you would
0: <laughs> um i'm a i'm a big fan um, of that first part uh especially the phrase um well, well two, two things really I, I stand out to me baptism through baptism is offered the grace of god um so we're kind of talking about like we, we've talked a little bit about this in the past like the the effects of baptism the f you know baptismal efficacy i think is sort of the the more technical fancy jargon term for it um like like what is baptism actually doing is baptism actually doing something and they're saying it's 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 offering the person being baptized the grace of God. And then um, regarding the baptism of children, which is not about the effects of baptism, but about the the subjects of baptism or the the, the objects of baptism, I guess, maybe, the ones receiving baptism, um, that children are to be baptized. And the, the reason is that being offered to God through baptism, they are received into God's grace. And I love that image of... Um, of offering up a child unto God, you know, I think I think of the the uh, link between baptism and circumcision, which we I'm I'm not going to get into the the disagreements that you and I have in in terms of you know details, just because we've done that. You can check it out um, on a different episode. But um, I you know I I do believe in the baptism of children, and I I do think that this is a great expression of of what's going on and and sort of sort of what What's the reason, you know, like what's happening with a child who's not uh, making their own personal confession of faith? They're being offered to God and received into his grace, which I think gets into something else. But before before I go there, I want to see what, what you have to say just in terms of what stuck out to you or anything that I just said, if you want to sort of push back or respond or agree or whatever, whatever, yeah. sort of.
1: Well, like you said, without rehashing, you know, the several episodes that we have at this point on baptism and our some of our disagreements, mm-hmm. Uh, I will just say that uh, I still am like on the fence a lot of the time when it comes to baptism and, and who ought to be baptized. Um, that first clause, though, uh, of baptism, they teach that it is necessary to salvation. Um, that's the one that I've always had the, the hardest time with is is how baptism relates to and correlates to salvation. Um, you know, they might point to a verse that says, um, and baptism, which corresponds to this now saves you from first Peter three. Um I think that's probably the, the citation they would give for this for this specific clause. But it's the one that I've, as it pertains to baptism, had the hardest time with. Like I, 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 I just again, without rehashing the entire episode, I, I just I still have some discomfort at the idea of baptismal regeneration. Um, and so that's sort of what I thought when I was reading this. Well, if I remember correctly, and I could
0: be way off base, um, I think in the large catechism, or maybe the small catechism, or maybe somewhere else, but I think I remember reading, um, and I think it was from Luther. It might have been from later on, though. Um, It's actually Mark 16 here. Hmm. Um, So the long ending of Mark, which, of course, you know, If you don't believe that belongs in the canon, this might be a less persuasive argument. If you do believe it belongs in the canon, that might be a more persuasive argument. But Jesus, in the long ending of Mark, I forget the verse, I think it's 16.9 or something like that, of of Mark, Jesus says, uh, whoever believes and is baptized shall be saved. And he who does not believe will not be saved. Something to that effect. So, um, if (laughs) you believe that that verse is an inspired verse of scripture then there is a verse words of Jesus that 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 we have where he says that believe and be baptized and you'll be saved and then i think there's also of course acts 2 what must we do to be saved repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of your sins so so i think there there that that peter reference is is i think always going to be uh important when you're dealing with like a Lutheran discussion of baptism. Um, But I, but I do think there's more to it. Um, And then of course there, there's also the question of what, what does necessary mean? I thought it was, I thought Luther said salvation was by faith alone. Well, he did. So there, there's, he's not, he's not lying. He's not insane and contradictory. Um, We can speak of necessity in sort of different, different ways. Right. Um, it, it's, it's, it, I like the phrase that I, I've heard, like generally necessary. This is the way that God has set down before us to, um, to live out, to, to, to be baptized. You know, it, it is not something that we get to choose whether or not we do. Um, but that's not to say that God's grace is somehow limited to not be able to save people who, for one reason or another, aren't baptized, but not maybe because they choose not to be thief on the cross, you know, you know, we can, we can go into tons of examples, but um, I, 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 I'll stop there, but yeah.
1: well, that's just the I thing could is like on
0: and on because I, I'm, I'm really good at running my mouth and I I love, <laughs> Article 9 of the Augsburg. I just think there's a lot there. Yeah.
1: And I, w- I will say, like, I, I, I don't think that there are people that just are going to go their whole lives, you know, as Christians and say, no, I'm not getting baptized. I'm not doing that. There's no way that you'll ever convince me to get baptized. And so it's like, I, when yeah. I, I mean, I, at least I hope not, I hope but not. like, when I, when I, when I, <laughs> when I, when you say something like repent and be baptized uh, for the forgiveness of sins or whatever from Mark, from Acts, um, like, yeah, that's, I, I, that's, part of the christian life repenting um, being baptized Um, i've just had the hard time of like the baptism as being something involved in being saved i just don't know how those things relate and that's where i I mean i'm comfortable admitting that i struggle with and i'm not saying i have a hard time believing it i just have a hard time conceptualizing and understanding it so that's all i have to say about the rest of that but uh let's see the That third little bit is also interesting. I don't know if they're verses or if they're just, like, the third sentence or whatever. I don't know what those little breakdowns mean. But next to the number three where it says they condemn the Anabaptists who reject the baptism of children and say that children are saved without baptism. So maybe I don't know a lot about the Anabaptists, but, like, I don't know what it means that children are saved without baptism. Do Do Anabaptists just assume that, like, children are saved generally? Does it mean of... Are the children of believing Anabaptists saved? I, I just don't know exactly what they're condemning here. Um, but I at least thought that well, was an interesting little bit.
0: Yeah, I, I don't know who or what they have in mind in terms of the children saved apart from baptism specifically. But, I mean, I certainly grew up hearing about things like age of accountability. Oh, that's true. And, yeah. which, which is not... Anything, I'm not that I'm not trying to paint a, a broad brush and say everyone who rejects the baptism of children you know agrees on some doctrine called age of account like obviously that that there's more that's a whole thing you know like amongst Baptists and Anabaptists and you Baptists know, Baptist of all stripes but um the the uh you know the 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 Pado Baptist contention certainly what what seem what they are saying here is is you you ought to baptize children, and the the implication of this condemnation is, is that a, an unbaptized child is not saved because they have not received the gift of God that God has promised in baptism. Right? They have not uh, because and I, I'm not trying to like fill in blanks here, but in the first sentence, um, through baptism is offered the grace of God children are to be baptized you know so kind of connecting the dots here Um, children are offered the grace of god through baptism so if you say that you don't baptize children then the lutheran contention the 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 augsburg is saying um well then your that child is not receiving that that gift is not being offered that gift thus they're they're not saved you know we disagree with you that Apart from the offering of that gift, which we've already established, we're saying is in baptism. Um, that's since that's where the gift is. That's where the gift is found, right? Mm. Um, the The implications of that and the justifications for that, and you know, the, these are much longer questions than we have time for today. Um, but I, I definitely think of things like this: this idea of an age of accountability, or I've 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 heard it said, um, you know. Like, God only lets elect infants die. Hmm. So, interesting. you know, from a, I, more, a more like capital R reformed Calvinistic tulip type view, right. that that's a way out of that, like,
1: conundrum. <laughs> I will of, say, though, as a Baptist, that there is more scriptural evidence towards infant baptism than any sort of age of accountability, or that only the elect children are the ones that perish because both of those are just inferences at best. Uh, whereas like you said that the paedo Baptist has at least scripture that they can point to, but I don't think there's like an age of accountability, you know, text to use for your, for that sort of persuasion. Maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but that just seems to me to be sort of a a reach. Yeah. But I I think that is a, it's a logical sort of conclusion.
0: Um, which is great. I love, I love logic, but thinking. if it's not in Scripture, I, I mean, we gotta logic, be careful. <laughs> but, uh, but I do feel like we are prone to come up with solutions to problems that we create. Hmm. Um, and I, I, I do the same thing. I'm not being judgmental here. Like, right. so if you know, that's if you, if you remove baptism from children, then even if that's the right thing to do, you now have to explain these other things that you didn't necessarily have to explain when when children were baptized, right? Hmm. Like. Um, or if children are baptized, and, and same thing, if you baptize children, you have to explain these other things. You know, what about children who are baptized but don't grow up to be Christians? You know, like they're, they're, these are we're dealing with eternal mysteries. Like we're not going to have like clean answers all the time. But the point being um, that that is, I think, what they're what 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 we can sort of think of them as getting at is something hmm. like that is certainly alive today and all throughout history. Like that that is a that is. Something that exists that the that the Augsburg is kind of pushing back against. Right. So, um, I think we should probably let's move, move on, on to, to number 10, yeah. ten. go ahead. Um, so this is of the Lord's supper. Of the supper of the Lord, they teach that the body and blood of Christ are truly present and are distributed to those who eat the supper of the Lord, and they reject those that teach otherwise.
1: Short and, this and is sweet. super man.
0: short and sweet to the point. Um, the the reformers, the Lutheran reformers. The the you know the the Augsburg Framers whatever you want to call them were emphatic that they did not deny the fact that the body and blood of Christ are in the supper and they are distributed to those who receive it Um, and they reject those that teach otherwise so they're they're pretty they've only got one you know they've only got one thing they're interested in talking about here about the Lord's supper which is Uh, his body and his blood are there and that's what we believe and we reject those who disagree with us so it's pretty pretty clear and certainly simple in the in the sense that there's really only one thing they're saying here (laughs) Um, and yeah I mean there's there's so much more to be said from a Lutheran perspective from other perspectives um, but certainly as far as establishing your confessional position I think this is probably the the clearest article that we've <laughs> read yet.
1: <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Short, um, it's the shortest for sure too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, yeah. And I mean, I, mean you, I don't uh, really have anything to, to, to add there. Yeah. I, well, I was just going to say like, if you want to hear more about the Lord's supper, if you want to hear us talk more about the Lord's supper, we did do an entire episode on it. So um, you can search for yeah. that, but yeah, that's about as clear and concise as you can be, especially from a Lutheran perspective, um, so let's just keep on rolling to Article 11, which is Of Confession. It says, Of Confession, they teach that private absolution ought to be retained in the churches, although in confession an enumeration of all sins is not necessary. For it is impossible, according to the psalm, who can understand his errors? Psalm 19, 12. And this is a really interesting one, and it's one that I think you and I actually had an episode about. We had an episode on confession specifically as it pertains to Protestant confession. Um, but when you when you when you consider this article over and against the backdrop of Catholicism, the, the Catholic world that the, the Lutherans existed in, um, they're saying that the Lutheran churches teach that private absolution ought to be retained. So if we're talking about a reformation, what, what the reformers were seeking to do, as we've said time and time again, they weren't starting a revolution to overthrow the church. They were seeking to reform that which they saw as problematic, while retaining that which they saw was good. And so that's, I think, why the word retain right. is here. They're, they're wanting to retain uh, this absolution in the, the Lutheran churches. But they add the caveat that in Confession, that you do not have to list, you don't have to enumerate or come up with all of the sins that you've ever done, everything you've ever said, thought, committed, Uh, because as the psalmist says, who can understand his errors? Um, We Mm -hmm. eat, drink, sleep, breathe sin all day long. I mean, that's just part of like being fallen (laughs) in humanity is like no matter what we do, there's covetousness or there's greed or envy or laziness or... um, hatred or whatever it might be. There's always going to be something uh, we're not going to recognize it. And I know from my like, personal experience, I have friends and family members who, who grew up under the assumption that like, you know, let's say they're walking down the street, they trip, they fall, they drop an expletive or whatever, um, and then are hit by a bus. Like that one little expletive in their mind, that, that sin was enough to keep them from going to heaven because uh, they had, you know, they had error in their life. Um, so uh, just imagine for a second, somebody who has to like, oh man, what sins have I committed that I'm not aware of? Like you could drive yourself mad. And that's literally what Luther did. Luther literally drove himself mad in confession. Um, so much so that I think, I think if I remember the story correctly, the priest was basically like, Luther, you're insane. You, you confess more than anybody. If there's anybody who is absolved of their sins, it's you. Um, Like he was just distraught over his own his own personal sin and and ensuring that nothing was left, you know, out in the darkness, that everything was brought to light. Um, But again, as Luther came to realize and as his followers sort of, uh, I guess, put pen to paper and say, you don't have to enumerate every little thing you've ever done in confession because we we, we just don't know. Um, But it's enough to trust that Christ has covered our sins, that he paid the penalty for all of them and that faith and faith alone in him are enough to to justify a person.
0: Yeah. And and we'll get it, it whenever whether it's next week or next year, whenever we come back to continue the Augsburg, in Article 12 we'll get more a, a more detailed explanation of repentance. That's what Article 12 is called. And I think it's really key to see what they're doing here. They're they're concerned not with the practice of confession, they're concerned like hey, we, we need to be doing confession right. We don't need to be trying to remember every little sin the way that has become common in, in the medieval church. We, we, we don't need to do that in order to uh, still have private absolution and forgiveness of sins and repentance. Um, and I think it's a, good, it's a good example of this Reformation, not revolution mindset that oftentimes is lost in Catholic-Protestant sort of dialogue and and even even within you know just within protestantism the way that we maybe view the reformation is a little bit more like a revolution and we've talked about that a lot so i'm not going to repeat that again and again and again but um i do think that it is interesting not only to see confession talked about here but talked about in this context where it's it's really it's not explicitly called a sacrament but it is listed as a sacrament here with baptism and the Lord's Supper. And it is interesting to, to note too, like Luther calls it a sacrament early on in the Reformation. And then as time goes on, he kind of moves away from that and and, and speaks really just of baptism and the Lord's Supper as sacraments, um, which is an interesting thing. And, and, and I'm sure there's a lot more to be said there, but I would just kind of say like, I don't think we really need to get too hung up on the word sacrament and like what we technically think of as sacrament like we we sh- we should spend more time if we're going to get hung up on anything it should be more about what is baptism what is the lord's supper what is uh confession what is uh marriage you know the you know what, th- these things that this term is associated with whether we think it should be or shouldn't be like um i think that's a better focus than like being really concerned about whether or not it's good or bad to call confession a sacrament maybe we should just focus instead on repentance and confession of sin and, and absolution <laughs> like um, it's what it's all about you know so um, I, I think it's it's cool to see it you know I, I'm personally if you if listen to that of confession episode that we talked about or on confession I think we called it um, I, I'm personally a fan of, of confession both in general I think confessing our sins is good it's hard but it's good but I'm also a fan of private confession private absolution as they call it here and and so I think this is a cool. Little article to to add in, and, and I think is a good like conversation sort of piece as well um, from a more for Protestants from a more evangelical persuasion. Um, but I mean, yeah, I think I think if if unless you've got something else to add in, in terms of these articles, I, I think we'll kind of wrap it there. I think it's it's good to treat these together because they really do go together, um, and it would also be silly to spend a whole week talking about the fact that body and blood of Christ are there. <laughs> that would be a really short episode. So, um, yeah, I think we'll we'll just kind of wrap it up there. Thank you for tuning in to this Creeds and Confessions Friday episode of the Doxology Podcast. If you'd like to connect with us, we're on Twitter and Instagram at Doxology Podcast. You shoot us an email at doxologypodcast at gmail.com. We'd love to hear your feedback, questions, and ideas for future episodes, um, especially uh, uh, Christians of History. We're always taking... Uh, well, I mean, anything, we're always taking suggestions, but we're especially eager for Christians of History recommendations and also thoughts on creeds and confessions being back. You want it to be a regular thing uh, just once in a while. Any specific, you know, the Augsburg is long, but if there's a specific document you'd like us to take a look at, um, maybe we could do that as a one-off, you know. Let us know. We'd love to hear from you, and until next time.